at a ground foundational level, embracing this idea that we are all creative beings made in the image of a super, super creative God. Creativity is wired into us on purpose for a purpose. And we don't have to sit around waiting for somebody to give us permission to create beautiful things in this broken world. That permission is inside of us. It was put inside of us by God himself. And so I'm so passionate about reframing that for women, you know, that this this act of creating, the act of making those desires, that impulse that we have, it is good and holy and sacred. And we don't have to sit around waiting for somebody to tell us it's okay to do it, you know? Welcome to the Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. Ashley Gadd is the founder of Coffee and Crumbs, a website, podcast, and newsletter devoted to encouraging mothers through storytelling. Her new book is Create Anyway, The Joy of Pursuing Creativity in the Margins of Motherhood. In this episode, Ashley and I talk about the ways that creativity and motherhood, instead of being opposing forces, can actually complement one another. We talk about the need for mothers to know that they have permission to do creative work, and we talk about the creativity of children. Ashley Gad, I'm so happy to have you on the Habit Podcast. Thanks for making time for me. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So your new book is Create Anyway. It's a book for mothers. Your target audience is mothers who want to do creative work or who ought to be doing creative work, whether they want to or not, I guess yeah. you should say. And t- think- tell me the subtitle. Help me with the subtitle. The subtitle is Create Anyway, The Joy of Pursuing Creativity in the Margins of Motherhood. So I would say the book is for any woman who wants to pursue a creative life or pursue their creative gifts alongside motherhood. Uh, Alongside motherhood. Yeah. You you say that you used to believe that creativity and motherhood were opposing forces, which is a very common view, right? You you can either be a mother or you can do creative work, but you know, those two things um oppose one another. But now you believe that they complement one another. Mm-hmm. You say that motherhood inspires creativity and creativity inspires motherhood. What do you mean by that? Yeah. I you know, when I first became a mother, this was probably one of the first tensions that I remember really bubbling up inside of me. You know, how was I going to continue to write and make art and do the creative things that make me feel alive and make me feel like a whole person when all of a sudden, you know, I was all consumed by Mm -hmm. this new love, this new slippery baby on my chest. Mm -hmm. And it's taken probably a full decade. You know, my oldest son is 10 years old now, and I really feel like I've spent kind of the last 10 years just untangling this idea that I had to keep my motherhood in one box and my my creative gifts in a different box and I couldn't mm-hmm. let them touch one another. And mm-hmm. this idea that, you know, every minute I spend taking care of my kids was taking away from my art. And every minute I spent taking care or tending to my art was taking away from my motherhood. I had such a scarcity mentality about Mm. all of that in the very beginning. And once I sort of embraced slowly the idea that I could take both of those things out of those boxes and Mm. even let them collide a bit, 
how much better and richer both my motherhood and my art could become. So in practical terms, what does that look like, right? I mean, when, when you say you take these things out of the box, out of their separate boxes and let them rub up against each other, how, how does that play itself out in practical terms? Yeah, in practical terms, I think it just looks like, you know, incorporating my motherhood experience into my art and incorporating my love for creating things into my day-to-day tasks as a mother. So allowing myself permission to be creative in front of my kids, you know, Uh and not hiding that part of myself from them, not trying to keep it away from them. But sometimes that looks like, you know, just sitting down at the dining room table while they are working on their little projects and my son's making origami and my daughter's, Mm -hmm. you know, coloring a princess picture. And I'm sitting down right with them working on my own creative projects all at once. Yeah. I, I think it's so important for mothers to, of course, an important part of your calling is to make sure those small people stay alive. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not the whole of your calling. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so important for kids, I think, to see mothers doing things besides being mothers. Like, yeah. Inviting kids into a bigger vision of mm-hmm. what the world is like and, and what it's like to be a human being. And yeah. um, so I, I love I love the points you're making about doing both. And when you think about what we try to teach our children and what we model for our children, you know, part of our jobs as mothers and as parents in general is to teach our children how to grow into adults, right? That can flourish in the world. And, you know, I don't want to just teach my children how to do laundry and how to vacuum their bedroom carpet and how to do dishes and how to tie Mm -hmm. their shoes and how to go to the bathroom. I mean, those are all important things that I want them to learn, but I also really want my kids to learn what it means to harness the creative gifts that God has given us and use them out in the world, to yeah. be generous with them, to be good stewards of our talents and our gifts and our callings. And if I want to teach my children that, what better way than to model it myself? You know, sure. I want my children to see me stepping into the fullness of my creative gifts so that when they go on to develop their own and, and, be in tune with what those gifts are in their own lives, they will know what to do with them. You know, yeah. I feel like I it's my responsibility to show them that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And I don't think any anybody grows up and, and says, you know what was great about my house? It was always vacuumed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't no, think you're... that's that's what people remember about their happy childhood, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that the dishes were always washed. Yeah. Do you yeah. end up um uh, putting off, like leaving dirty dishes in the sink so that you can go make stuff? I do now. I didn't used to. I think for a long time in my early motherhood, I had sort of this, this idea that I had to get all of my quote work done (laughs) before Uh I could create, you know, I had Uh to, I had to do the dishes and do all the laundry and everything had to be all finished before I could carve out time to write but back then I didn't see it as a priority the mm-hmm. way that I do now. And that's mm-hmm. probably been one of the bigger shifts I've experienced in my last decade of motherhood is 
I have such a higher value and a higher priority on creativity now because I have seen firsthand what it does for me as a human, Mm -hmm. what it does for me as a wife and a mother, what it does for my entire family. You know, the benefits are there. The fruit is there. And I have such a stronger conviction now that Mm -hmm. making space to create is a worthwhile pursuit, even when the house is a mess and the laundry is not done. Yeah. You, you say uh, you're doing creative work bears fruit for the other members of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, I know one way, I mean, you've already talked about sitting down and, and, doing your creative work at the other end of the table from your kids, you know, with, with your little girl peeling her crayons wrappers <laughs> off before she does her colors and all that. Yeah. Um, it, it, how else does, does your creative work benefit the other people in your house? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's probably two parts to this one. There is the tangible, you know, I don't even want to say the tangible products that I make for my family, but Mm -hmm. I am the family memory keeper. Mm -hmm. So the stories I write, the photos I take, the videos I take and compile into cute little montages set to music, you know, I'm, Uh I'm making things that are going to live in my, my family time capsule (laughs) for like, we don't really have a professional one of those, but you know what I mean? And so I think there's, there's that benefit. There's the benefit of when I create things in my kitchen, my family eats them. When I take the time to think intentionally about the way that our house is decorated and set up and making a house that functions well for all of us and feels beautiful and serene, my family benefits from that. Those are the tangible kind of output types of benefits. But I think Mm -hmm. The richer benefit, to be honest, is more of what the act of creating does within me and how that just shapes me into a better Mm -hmm. version of myself. And I know that when I am feeling really just filled up, you know, when I am making the space and taking the time to invest in this part of me that makes me feel alive and like a full flourishing version of myself, the overflow of that blesses my family in a lot yeah. of ways. I have just yeah. more love to pour out. I have more mm-hmm. patience. I'm yeah. I'm just a better version of, of myself as a wife and a mother and a person in our family. And I think that my whole family feels that when I'm taking the space to access that part of myself. Yeah. You mentioned a scarcity mentality a little while ago. And it sounds like you're saying as you enter into as, as you as you commit to doing that kind of creative work, you know, that helps you get out of the scarcity mentality. For one thing, it it demonstrates that there's as you do the work, you have more of you to give, not less of you to give. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hard to believe that until you have actually experienced it. Because on paper, it almost doesn't totally make sense. Mm -hmm. But in my experience, creativity begets creativity. And the more I create, the more I want to create. And the more I create, the the more delighted I am by just the human experience of making things. And it, it also kind of is so generative in that way. You know, I feel like when I'm fostering a 
when I'm fostering a lifelong value of creativity in our home, that also leaks out into my children too. You know, Mm -hmm. I watch my children go on to create things and we all kind of feed off of each other's energy. And so it really has blessed my family in a positive, balanced way. Yeah. Can you put a finger on how you flip the switch from a scarcity mentality to a different mentality, Hmm. a less scarce mentality? I think for so long, I was just fighting it and, Mm -hmm. you know, really trying to keep my life so tidy, you know, like (laughs) motherhood is over here. Creating is over here. These are the hours I'm going to be a mom. These are the hours I'm going to be a creative And even as I'm saying that, I realize that doesn't make any sense because once you are a mother, you are always a mother. You are never not a mother. And (laughs) I honestly sort of believe the same thing about being an artist. Like we are all born as artists and you are an artist for your whole life. And so trying to segregate those parts of yourself into tidy little boxes and different hours of the day, I just spent so much time fighting the idea that they could coincide and that they could (laughs) rub up against each other. And Mm -hmm. I feel like once I just kind of surrendered to the idea that I cannot keep all of these things in different boxes, I have to just let it all mesh together and see what happens. And I don't, I don't remember one specific moment that that happened. I think it was just sort of an untangling of sorts. And once Mm -hmm. I really surrendered to the idea that I had to work within the boundaries of my actual life. And if I wanted to create and I wanted to be a mom, it was kind of going to have to happen somewhat simultaneously for me to survive, you know, especially in those years with little, little kids where it's just so demanding and your schedule's not flexible and mm-hmm. every day you're just taking it as it comes. I just realized more and more that it worked somehow. Mm. You know, it's it's not that it's not complicated or frustrating sometimes, but all in all, it works. Yeah. Okay. Now your one of your chapters in your book is about permission. I think it might be the first chapter after the introduction, if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Let's talk about permission. Um, you, why do mothers, I mean, I, I, in some ways this feels like an obvious question, but I bet you have some insights. Why do mothers feel that they need to have permission Mm -hmm. to do creative work? Yeah, I think there's, you know, we've come so far, I think, in how we speak about motherhood culturally and, I think that all of us would agree, you know, once upon a time, there was this very clear picture of what a quote, good mom looked Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. And I do think we've made a lot of strides in how we speak about motherhood. These days, we've been able to embrace more nuance in that conversation. But I still think for so many of us, we feel this pressure. And I don't know if it's from society or from culture or just if it's just something inside of us that that really just desires to be a good mother. And I think for so many of us, we have this narrative in our minds that good mothers pour everything out of themselves into their children. And so this idea of holding on to something for ourselves, right? Or pursuing Mm -hmm. something that's kind of just for us, you know, if it's not directly benefiting our family, we have this narrative that that is selfish, you know, and we feel it with a lot of things, not just creativity. I think we feel it with 
you know, self-care or spending time with friends, or there's a lot of different areas where I think mothers feel this tension, you know, between their motherhood and this other thing they want to do or passions they want to pursue or people they want to spend time with. And so I think, you know, at a, at a ground foundational level, embracing this idea that we are all creative beings made in the image of a super, super creative God. Creativity is wired into us on purpose for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to sit around waiting for somebody to give us permission to create beautiful things in this broken world. That permission is inside of us. Mm -hmm. It was put inside of us by God himself. And so I'm so passionate about reframing that for women, you know, that this this act of creating the act of making those desires that impulse that we have it is good and holy and sacred and we don't have to sit around waiting for somebody to tell us it's okay to do it you know yeah 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 creative work is an act of generosity you are giving something mm-hmm. you're you're creating order out of disorder there you, there are all kinds of things you're doing that that benefit other people it's not just it's it's not a, an act of Selfishness, yeah, doesn't have to be. I mean, I, I know there, I know there's such a thing as selfish artists. You know, there's Pablo Picasso is famously, you know, self-absorbed, but he's not the norm for yeah. creative people. Yeah, and so so often too, I think about you know there are a lot of creative pursuits that I've pursued just for myself. You know, for for no end game, for no. For no other reason other than I, I just really wanted to make this thing, or I just mm-hmm. really wanted to create this little thing in my house. And you know, I think even in that, sometimes that can be an act of compassion and love for caring for ourselves. You know, mothers mm-hmm. are pouring out so much every day, sure. and taking a few minutes to make something beautiful, even if it's just for your own eyes or. Mm-hmm. You know, something that there's a lot of things I feel like I do around my house, kind of little creative projects here and there that really no one in my house cares about. They're they're for me, you know, they're the way I decorate or arrange a space or style a bookshelf. You know, my family does not care about that in the slightest, but I do. And it gives me joy to walk by a beautifully styled bookshelf every day. And that's an act of nurturing myself. It's an act of caring for myself. And I think it is important for mothers to do mm. that to mm-hmm. refill their their well as they're pouring yeah. out each day. Yeah. What is styling a bookshelf? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when there's a bookshelf and there's a lot of like knickknacks on it and they're all okay. kind of, you know, they're all arranged really beautifully. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'll send you a photo of my bookshelf for the show <laughs> okay. notes. And yeah. then you can, <laughs> you can see what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, you have uh you've already referenced the fact that your children are creative mm-hmm. um and uh and of course you know nobody when you give a, a child crayons or legos they somehow know what to do with it right they they yeah. don't say i don't know is this really is this really good use of my time or how am i going to make a, a, a as good a lego sculpture as i did last time i'm not sure i'm not sure i can live up to the, the yeah know, all those Weird kinds of self-talk and 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 uh, inner critic stuff kids seem to be free of. Also, yeah. they don't feel the need to go buy another lens or take another class or what. Mm-hmm. They just kind of get in there and they just, yeah. just do it. Yeah. Um, and somehow along the way, as we get self-conscious, as we get 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as we grow up, we lose the ability to be quite that free. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've done some thinking on the creativity of children. Um, so the floor is now open for you to uh, that. I, I guess I could ask you a question or you can just, uh, well, here we go. What can we learn <laughs> from that? There's your question. Yeah, no, I love, thanks for just setting the stage for that part of the discussion, because it has been such a delight to watch my children create. And I'm so inspired by, I'm so inspired by their wonder and their curiosity and their imagination. You know, they remind me (laughs) to, to tune into all of those things. And Mm. kids are crazy resourceful. You know, if you just send your kids outside you know, mm-hmm. they can they can find a way to make something, to build something, to create something. They create entire little worlds for themselves. And it is so inspiring for me to watch the potential that they see in the world. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's something to learn from that. And, you know, what you were saying about the they don't feel pressure to, you know, sign up for a class or buy new supplies, you know, yeah. our our kids are so good at working with with what they have. You know, my kids can do wonders with a cardboard Amazon box. It'll just yeah. blow your mind what they can yeah. make. And it's such a good reminder to me because I I still can fall back into a mindset that says I have to buy something mm-hmm. to make something. You know, yeah. I have to buy new supplies or I have to, yeah, buy a, a master class or buy a subscription or buy software yeah. or whatever the thing is. When in actuality, if I look around me, I have everything I need. I have everything I need to write. I've got paper and I've got pencils at my house. You know, I've got mm-hmm. a camera. I have a phone. I I have what I need to take pictures. I run into this in my kitchen all the time. I'm embarrassed to say I'm not a good cook. So the kitchen is one area of creativity where I really struggle And I am so guilty of like opening up, you know, the pantry cabinets and looking at a whole bunch of stuff and and thinking there's nothing to make for dinner. (laughs) And really, it's a lack of imagination is what it is. You know, I I think they're a more creative person could walk into my kitchen and find a ton of potential, whereas I just grab a box of cereal. So um, yeah, that's something that I'm, I'm continuing to work on as a creative is really using what I have, using the raw material in front of me. And the Lord has given us so much, you know, we have actual raw material to work with in the world, but he's also given us imagination and a Mm. mind that works and dreams and can cast a vision and a heart that beats passionately for different things in the world. And when we look around at everything we actually have in our possession, both internally and externally, we truly do. We have everything we need to create and we can, we can start right now. Yeah. How does that, that idea that we have everything we, we need, uh, What's the question I want to ask here? The A, in what ways do you find, you've already mentioned the, the idea of feeling the need to, to take a class or something like that, but I feel like there's there's more to that idea than that, right? The, when you tell people, and there, I think there's a whole chapter in your book devoted to this idea that we already have what we need to create, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. What does that mean, really, though? I mean, in terms of besides the fact that I don't have to, you know, subscribe to Scrivener to, to, yeah. write, a, to, write, a, to write a book. I think so often we almost use we almost use it as 
a tool of procrastination, I think. I mean, and I'll speak for myself in just a personal example. You know, I'm a photographer. And when I was first starting out to learn photography, I became so obsessed with having all of the right stuff that Mm -hmm. I needed to, to be a photographer in the world. So I spent hours and hours and hours researching cameras and lenses and Photoshop and Lightroom and filters and presets and all these, you know, just, I was deep down in the internet forums (laughs) trying to figure out what I quote needed to become a photographer. And do you know what I wasn't doing a whole lot of was taking pictures. Taking pictures is what is going to make you a photographer. Picking up a camera and clicking the button and (laughs) learning by trial and error and figuring it out one day at a time, every hour you spend working on the craft. I mean, that's where the good stuff happens. That's where you learn. And I think for a lot of us, we're we kind of get like really paralyzed, right? By this idea of we have to have all these right tools and resources and we have to be totally equipped and we have to know everything there is to know before we can start. But really, that's just not how creativity works. That's not how art works. We're not going to know everything. We're not going to have everything. We have to just start. And once you start and you start falling down and picking yourself back (laughs) up and you start failing and trying again... That's how you become an artist. Really, yeah. that's how you become a writer. That's how you become a photographer. That's how you yeah. that's how you learn. I love the story you tell of walking out of the Target and being there in the parking lot. The the least glamorous place I can think of, you know, a Target parking lot and then seeing this this gorgeous orange sky. Yeah. Um and pulling out your camera and and taking a picture, and I, you say something like, "This could be the thesis statement for the whole for the whole yeah. book." Yeah, there's nothing more sort of momish than hanging out in the, <laughs> in the Target parking lot, and yet you you lo- also looked up and you saw what was right in front of you, and you said, "I'm going to give an account of this thing I've seen." Yeah, and that's um, that's perfect. That's that's yeah, that is a person saying, "I've already got what I need. I've got a camera. Here it is, and here's a here's a." a sunset like I've never seen before. And And that's such, yeah, thank you. That's also just such a, when we talked earlier about this idea of like our motherhood and our art colliding, motherhood and creativity Mm -hmm, colliding. mm -hmm. I mean, that it's funny because if you look at my camera roll, I can't tell you how many pictures I have from the target parking lot. I don't know why (laughs) the sky is better there. I swear (laughs) it's the weirdest thing. Uh, I don't know if you follow Shannon Martin, but she posts pictures of skies all the time. And she has said this on Instagram more than once, you know, why is it that in the target parking lot, the sky is always better. And I just, I don't know. There's a really good view there apparently, but that was such a moment. I had had a really difficult day that day with my kids, we had had just one of those days where every plan was falling apart and I was frustrated. And um, it was the last day of summer vacation before school started. And so I just put a lot of pressure on myself to make this super fun day for my kids. And I had all these plans lined up and over and over, they just kept falling apart, falling apart, falling Mm -hmm. apart. And at the very end of the day, I had to go to Target to get a lunchbox for my son because school Mm -hmm. was starting the next day. And I had, of course, put that off until the very last second. And when I went, of course, Target had no lunchboxes because it was the day before school started. So I walked out, you know, with a whole cart of other stuff we probably maybe didn't need and no lunchbox. (laughs) And I just was feeling like a failure. You know, gosh, this day has just been terrible. I didn't have this fun day with my kids that I wanted to have that I wanted to have. I was 
I was disappointed with myself. I felt guilty over the lunchbox. I felt, <laughs> you know, like I just really failed my son and getting him something special to take to school. And I, you know, the, that those are the feelings and the thoughts that are swimming in my mm -hmm. mind as I'm pushing the cart out to my car. And I turn around and I just see this electric sky mm -hmm. and it is breathtaking and captivating. And it feels like God just put it there right for me, you know, mm -hmm. to just bless me in that moment. Like, I see you. You're not alone. Look right up here. Look at this magnificent sky I have painted for you. Mm -hmm. And I am so overwhelmed by the beauty of it. I whip out my phone and I take a picture. And, you know, for all those motherhood feelings that were coursing through my body in that moment, I also still was able to like notice yeah. the sky, you know, yeah. and ultimately I think that's what it means to be an artist. An artist yeah. is someone who notices beauty in the world. And yes. that is the story of the orange sky in the target parking lot. Yeah. Well, you, you could have so easily ignored mm -hmm. the orange sky, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, sometimes I find myself thinking that's a great sky, but there'll be another one. Oh, and uh -huh. I don't have to pay attention to this one necessarily. Yeah. You know? I don't know if it's because I'm a photographer. I assume I'm never going to see that again. So <laughs> my default is always to take a picture, but I also think that's just how I'm wired just with yeah, my right. photography eye. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let me ask you the question that I always ask at the end of these conversations. And that is who are the writers who make you want to write? Anne Lamott mm -hmm. is the writer that there makes me want to write. Yeah. And when I was working on Create Anyway, true story, I woke up every morning and I read Anne Lamott before I wrote. And uh, I actually got to meet her a couple months ago at a writing conference uh -huh. for the first time. And that was so special to have her sign my very tattered copy of Bird by Bird. <laughs> and I got to tell her that, that, you know, for the past few years, I've been writing a book and every morning I read you. You mm -hmm. were my writing daily vitamin that I popped yeah. before I wrote. And it was so special to be able to even tell her that. But yeah, she is she is my all-time, 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 all-time favorite writer. I never get sick of her. I've I've reread her books, I mean, over and over again. Yeah. Uh well, I she's so great. And she lives in your part of the world, doesn't she? Yeah, she's not too far. Um, she's no. in the Bay Area, so a couple hours from me. Oh, okay. So I'm not likely to run into her at a grocery <laughs> store, although I wish I could. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, thank you. I I am uh so glad that you are encouraging mothers to to find those little corners in which to to create. Um, and I love that idea that that creativity informs motherhood and motherhood informs creativity. So yeah. hope a lot of mothers make a lot of beautiful things because of your book. Thank you. Thank you so much. This podcast is brought to you by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. And all our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate.